On this episode of Whale Cave, Cece Pleasance gets cock-blocked for meeting a music legend, Courtney Lilly will travel across the world to see Kate Bush, and host Matt Price brings back America's favorite game show, Wu-Tang Song or Kid Song. Whale Cave starts now. Hey everybody! This is Matt Bryce for Whale Cave. How's it going? I sound like I was selling. Like, this is Matt Bryce for Whale Cave. <laughs> like I was selling something yeah. before Whale Cave. I don't <laughs> it's care. Like an infomercial. For I am your selling podcast. something. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if you're listening now, uh, hey everybody, welcome. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. My name is Matt Price. Uh, this is Matt Belknap right here. How you doing? How you doing? Um, Whale Cave is a podcast where people come on and tell funny stories related to music type things. Today. Two two friends, two people I like a lot are here. Uh, we're going to talk to CC Pleasance. Very funny. Two very funny writers, CC Pleasance and Courtney Lilly. Uh, I met them both. Uh, we worked. Uh, Courtney worked very briefly on it. CC and I had uh, we worked together on it for longer uh, on a, a show on Comedy Central. And um, so we're going to talk to them. They're super funny. Um, before we do, I thought Matt. Yeah. If it was okay. So, uh, we, uh, oh, wait. Let me actually say, did I say the thing where you can email and stuff? I haven't said that yet. No. Yeah. See, I'm still, I still, I'm not in that. At Whalecave on Twitter. At Whalecave on Twitter. You can email me, matt at whalecave.com. If you have a funny story, you live in town, I'd love to talk to you about it. Um, Or if you have a funny story, you live out of town, maybe we could call. I don't know. Yeah, we have that technology. Yeah, that's great. They have a lot of good technology here. Um, Oh, you can write a review on iTunes if you'd like the show. That would help a lot. Um, okay, but <clears throat> what I was getting at was uh, a couple months ago in the, one, in, in the Will Stegman episode yeah, uh, where he talked really eloquently, I thought, about his hatred of Billy Joel, then how he overcame that. Yeah. Really great story. Prior to that, in the episode, we played my new game show, Wu-Tang Song. <laughs> Or kid song. Yes, we did. Which came out of the fact that my daughter got a song on a CD called I Love Pussy. And it made me think it was a Wu-Tang song. And then (laughs) so I came up with this game show, Wu-Tang Song or Kid Song. Right. So you were nice enough to play the first ever game, Wu-Tang Song or Kid Song. And it was a bit of a heartbreaker. It did not end uh, the way I would have wanted, but uh, I did feel like i was proud of of what i accomplished but it was sort of like in millionaire if you get up to five hundred thousand, right and you were like you can go home right and keep I, the money i chose to go all the way right because we play if you get five right you win the whole enchilada i still stand by the fact that because i i listened back to it and i think i said my guess was really that it's both mm-hmm. and you said no I, there's no trick questions but and I didn't do any research at all about this. <laughs> but I feel like there must be also a backyard again song called Ice Cream. Okay, we have a protest. <laughs> we have a protest, and that's valid. Or um, if there isn't, there will be. I mean, that's a well. We're not playing future. That's just an episode this waiting to happen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this isn't Looper. Would that would that work in Looper? Maybe that maybe. would. Yeah, maybe that would be the case. Well, anyway, we're that's great. Maybe they'll write one. Maybe they'll hear this. But episode. did you do the research? I guess is my question. I looked up. Backyardigan songs. The, you I did saw not all see their songs. One. Okay. 
Yeah, but I mean, I'm happy to do it There's, again. I mean, obviously, there must be a kid song out there somewhere called Ice Cream. But, of course. But we weren't talking about just everything. We were just talking about just backyard organs. Yeah. Okay. Of course. This wasn't an all-encompassing, uh, you know, right. kid song. It was just, you know, it was just this, the backyard organs versus Wu-Tang. The but that's ma- the best part about Wu-Tang versus kid song. You insert a new group every time. Right. So it keeps on going. Yeah. Just like the Wu-Tang have a million songs. Excuse me. So Yeah, you'll never have to yeah. replace them. <laughs> no, you never replace that. That's a, that's a bottomless well. Bottomless well. Um, if you need to, someday you might dip into the solo work. <laughs> that's that's a, you like could. A, a last resort. ODB. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I was, but since you seem to have a bit, of, there seems to be, I'm not going to call it, resentment but it seems like you there's a bit of an asterisk so i would like you, to redeem i'd like a chance to redeem myself great i no question awesome so let's play let's yes. play another game all okay. right let's do it because i felt bad hearing it <laughs> and i was like oh man i feel like i kind of roped you into it and then you walked out no no i'm I, not gonna say you walked out a loser if, i would have like, been if, if if you had somehow brought someone else into play i would have been mad that i didn't get a chance to right. play it. i was i wanted to play it okay i was ready to play it okay i felt good about it uh right up until i didn't get that last one sure i understand all right well listen you're we're back we're gonna play we're gonna play the song that's really I don't want to say it's taking over the nation, but I, I think sweeping is a fair term. I could say sweeping the nation. <laughs> Definitely sweeping. Um, so we're going to do it again. Let's uh, just again the way you play. You go. Well, you know what? Hold on a second. We're going to do. I'm going to do it right. The song. <laughs> Here it is. Let's do this right. We're going to play one more round with Matt Belknap of Wu Tang song or kid song. Wu Tang song. Or kid song, Wu Tang song, or kid song. All right, folks, welcome back. Now I know you created that yourself. I did, yeah. Did what do you, you think? Did you actually record a live guitar, or is that just something, that, an instrument in GarageBand? That what you... would be cooler? <laughs> what would be? I just like picturing you setting up a microphone to record one chord on a yeah, on yeah, a guitar. yeah. <laughs> no, I hired Keith Richards to do nice. that. Um, no, that's all GarageBand. <laughs> okay, but I did hire a group of kids sang on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I had Children's to get uh, labor. I had to get a teacher for every one of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So we're going to do one more round of Wu Tang song versus kids song. Yep. Um, the rules are as such. I'm going to play uh, a song. You're going to name a song. Exactly. I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm going to tell you the title of the song. Yeah. You're going to tell me if that song is by the Wu Tang Clan or a, a children's band. In this case, it is Barney. Oh. Barney. Versus the Wu-Tang Clan. I was hoping it would be something that maybe my kids watch a little so that right. I had some, like, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you'd hit me with Sophia the First or, Ooh, you know, no, you know no, no, no. that would have helped me, but no. No I, amulets no. of Abilene. <laughs> Here we are. I've, I have a strict no Barney policy in my house. Yeah, so yeah. Is... I got my daughter off the Barney quick. Yeah. Just got her off Caillou. Um, but for this, for the, our purposes, Wu-Tang versus Barney. Yeah. It's actually pretty delightful. Okay. So here's the thing. The idea is you're the winner if you get the, if you get five songs in a row. Right. Okay. And last time I didn't know what I was playing for until I lost, and it turns right. out I I would have won a Vespa. Yeah, we will that tell you at the part end. Of the heartbreak. Right. We'll tell you at the end as we get closer. Okay. Uh, all right. So I'm going to play the song, the first song. Now it's pretty. I'm going to start you off with a bit of a, a bit of a. Uh, you're not playing it. You're not playing. It. I'm sorry. Right. And again, the title <laughs> is a pretty because let, let's again tell everybody you're you've been a fan. You're a fan of rap music. Yes. 
So you you're familiar with Wu Tang Clan? Yeah, yeah. But I okay. I, I sort of I I aged out of their their demo uh, kind of late nineties. And so I don't, that's the thing. Like I know a fair amount of their early stuff and not a lot of their later stuff. Okay. Well you're on the hot seat again, but it's not that hot because yeah. this first song, this first title okay. is one of their, it was a hit of one of these guys. Okay. So I think you're, you know, it is uh, the first song. First title is shimmy, shimmy. Yeah. <laughs> shimmy, shimmy. Yeah. That is, that actually is a solo. That's, that's ODB. That's that is, it's Wu Tang. It's listed in iTunes under Wu Tang Clan. Hmm. Well, well, I just told you what it is, so you got it right. You guessed thing, it. Yeah. Okay, so I thought you'd get it, but let's just see, just officially, even though I just said yeah. what it was. Yeah. Here's Shimmy Shimmy uh, Wu Tang Clan yeah. or Kid Song, even though I just told you what it was. Okay. 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 Yeah. yeah so Clearly, that's, that's a live version. So that was on that was on ODB's solo debut. It was okay. Brooklyn Zoo. I have it here on Disciples of the Thirty Six Chambers, Chapter One. But yeah. apparently, the live version. Yeah, I think that's okay. Yeah, seems like, but that's that's legit because RZA produced that, and um, it, you know, it's yeah, we're gonna the Wu Tang family. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna count it. But anyway, it does it. That, so you're one for one. Love it. Pretty. Love, like, thank you start, for starting me out easy. I yeah, appreciate we start. It. It's again. It's like millionaire. It's like you know. Yeah. And, you know. A duck, right. a duck says quack meow <laughs> moo. But that said, shimmy shimmy ya does sound Perfect. like a kid's song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be. Could be. Okay. So this is number. You ready? Yep. It's gonna get a little harder right now. Okay. Here okay. we go. The title of the song, Wu-Tang song or kid song, the title is, Boom Boom, Ain't It Great to Be Crazy. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not familiar with it. I have to say it sounds a little too on the nose to be Wu-Tang, so I'm going to say it's Barney. You sure? I'm going to go Barney. Final answer. Barney, Boom Boom, Ain't It Great to Be Crazy. Let's see if it's Barney or the Wu-Tang Clan. Even that amount of bars wow. is, is hard to listen to. <laughs> That's tough. That's tough. <laughs> it's rough, rough going. Okay. All right. So you're two for two. Mm-hmm. We're going to climb the ladder a little bit more right now. You ready? Yep. All right. You could walk away. With something. A gift certificate to Maggiano's. Oh. Uh, it, or it gets a lot better. Do I have better. to go to the Grove? Because yeah. that's yeah, go to the growth. The parking is so such a hassle. Okay. All right, so well, then you're gonna go for three, I guess. The title of this next track in Wu Tang song or kid song is Mister Knickerbocker. Damn, Mister Knickerbocker, number three. Is that oh. song? Was that song by the Wu Tang Clan, <laughs> or was that song by the lovable purple dinosaur <laughs> Barney? What do we have? What do we think, Matt Belknap? Oh, my first instinct is that it's Wu Tang, but but I don't know that song mm-hmm. really. I'm not familiar with it, so again, it very well could be a Barney song. Right. It sounds equally like it could be either. I mean, obviously, you know, Wu Tang is they're from Shaolin, which is their their nickname for Staten Island, part mm-hmm. of, part of the the uh, New York City. Yeah. So they are they are Knickerbockers. Um, that certainly would explain the title if it, if it were a Wu Tang song, uh, but I know that uh, children's music often covers ground such as uh, "How do we dress in the morning?" <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to go Wu Tang. You're going Wu Tang from Mr. Knickerbocker. I'm going Wu Tang, Mr. Knickerbocker. Is Mr. Knickerbocker a song 
by the Wu-Tang Clan or by Barney? Let's hear it. This is number three. Oh, shit. Oh, man. Hey, Mr. Knickerbocker, Oh, man. There was, the worst part was there was about half a second there where i was just tr- i was I, I my brain was trying to hear it as a like i wanted it to be a wu-tang clan song yeah. so bad well well now this doesn't game. even this doesn't even have the suspense of the last no time. but you know what it had i think a lot of the fun of it <laughs> so i'm done i don't even get the other you can the hear the two. other two if you want you yeah. know we could go give me uh, the last two right? yeah do you want know. you could risk you could now put up some of your own things what <laughs> <laughs> that's how this game will work i don't like this game anymore oh uh, you want to hear what the other two options were? G- g- yeah, give me the last two. We're, we're just just for fun. Right, yeah, let's see the how you. Because we could over. also do that too. The game's you over. could be like, how are you? Could you do as well as you did last time? Right. Okay. This the next exactly. one. Exactly. It, it, you always yeah. go for this escalation. Well, thing. it's a game show. I know, but but in the grand scheme of things, I, I still like to be four out of five. Okay, you know, you're right. That's better than that's better than two out of three. I apologize. We're just friends here. We're now. <laughs> we're, let's remove the game show. Right. Element. We're taking the. We're, I'm the done lid off trying it. to sell this idea. The veil is lifted. Yeah. And now we're just us. We're just talking. Okay. We're just guys talking. Yes. Yeah, so talking, uh, talking this song time. is called "Sound the Horns," and is it by the Wu Tang Clan or by Barney? <laughs> friend to friend. <laughs> just just two guys talking. Yeah. Sound the horns. I'm gonna say Wu Tang. You gotta say Wu Tang. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if this is a uh, you know just out of curiosity. Listen, the sound of the horn says it's on. We storm yeah. through yep. like C. Thomas Red Dawn. Step like a dawn through That's the right. city deck bones. I get my hands dirty, Boom. like stuff sweat on. That's off of uh, with the fly white. That's off of chamber music. That one. Yeah, I don't know that one. Yeah, That's a good though. One. That's really good. I like that. That's a later one. And they have All a right. new. They have a new one coming out. Did, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but this is a pretty notable thing that they're doing they're, they're put they're making an album oh you told me this there's yeah. only going to be one copy yeah one copy <laughs> and it's going to tour museums yeah and then it's going to be put up for auction and whoever buys it they're the only person who will ever get to it's hear amazing. it unless the person who buys it they they're allowed to do whatever they want with it so they could distribute it they could put it out online for free if they wanted to don't they have to i don't know well then it loses value i mean like if they yeah. want it to always be what, I don't know what someone's going to pay for that. It seems ridiculous to, to begin with, but, you know, there's a lot of crazy rich people. So, you know, they could spend half a but million on it. Jay-Z or, you know, somebody with just yeah, maybe. billions would just drop whatever on it. And But I don't think, I think someone like Jay-Z wouldn't put it out. I think they'd be like, I want to be the only oh, one. Oh, I'm just saying they would, they would yeah, want maybe, it yeah, maybe. in their collection. Right. Yeah. No, wow. there's definitely a lot of crazy. There's definitely, I don't even know if it has to be a celebrity rich guy. It could just right. be some random dude with too much money yeah who's the last person that would do that probably warren buffett yeah <laughs> he's a good smart probably. investor he knows that's yeah. not a good investment yeah i was wondering who's the last person that would put out that kind of album oh <laughs> like oh uh yeah probably barney yeah <laughs> i think that's barney would not do that <laughs> all right here's the last song this is the last of the five okay here we go. i thought this was a you thought this was going to be the hardest one. I thought this was going to be the hardest one, although I did think Mr. Knickerbocker would be really tough. That was, man, that was, <laughs> that was shrewd of you. Man, I'm really impressed and angry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want, I feel like now this game has angered you twice. We'll have to Only play because it again. I'm competitive. We'll I mean, if I, if I weren't so competitive, it wouldn't anger well, me. Look, this, first of all, four out of five, if you get this one, is excellent. There's no shame in okay. that. Yeah, I mean that's an eighty. It's an eighty percent. It's a you know it's a B minus. That's great. <laughs> that's what I, that's, I, that yeah. was my high school GPA. You're right there. 
You're right there. All right, the song, the title of the song, uh, and is this song a Wu-Tang song or a kid song? It is called Bumpin' Up and Down. <laughs> bumpin'. Bumpin' Up and, up and down. down. Not bumping up and down, which bumpin'. I think would tip the scales, but bumpin' If up it and was down. bumping up and down, you'd have to Easy. say it's Barney. No-brainer, Barney. All right. Forget it. Check, please. <laughs> bumping up and down. I'm out of here on a Vespa. Yeah. Uh, bumping up and down. Again, my first instinct on that, on Mr. Knickerbocker was wrong, but my first instinct on this one was to say that it's Barney. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially because I got burned on that, <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Knickerbocker. Sure. Uh, but I still feel like I have to say, oh, I don't know. You know, you got in my head with that bumping. Would, would Barney put the apostrophe without the G? Or is that would that be considered not conducive? Because that is ostensibly an educational program. I don't know if they're going to go with the apostrophe. Although I will say, not to make it even more complicated, but he did just say, boom, boom, ain't it great to be crazy? I mean, that's about That's as, a really good point. You know? Yeah. Well, that helps. Subversive as Barney's going to get. That helps my argument. This dinosaur. I'm going to say it's Barney, final answer. Okay. Gonna go Barney's final answer to see if you can go four for five. And which... if it is Wu Tang, I have to say, <laughs> try harder, Wu Tang Clan, because <laughs> that is some weak shit. Okay, well, let's see if you are confronting the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> I don't want to or... be on RZA's bad side, but yeah, if you are angering RZA or if you are just happy to be where you were, right? Four for five, which is extremely admirable. Let's see. Hey, no one else has done that well in this game. You've done the best and the worst. <laughs> Right. Uh, bumping up and down. Let's see. Is that by the Wu-Tang Clan or the lovable dinosaur? And let's point out again that the way I went out last time, uh, the first time I played this, is because <laughs> I said that Ice Cream right. was a was a backyard again song and then it was Wu-Tang. <laughs> and so this might, I'm getting a flashback already. Like you're about to drop the needle on something. Do you want to change your answer? No. Nope. Because you said it was Barney. You want to I change did say, to Clan? I realize it could I could be repeating history in a bad way right now, but I'm still going to say. Do you want me to ask you a different one? No. Go to behind a different door. Oh, you have another one? I have another one. If you want it, if you're if you're not comfortable with this, one, I can go to a different one. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> this is a new wrinkle. Yeah, give me another one. Another one? Okay. Do you want to hear what that one was? Not even officially passed on it. Let's hear it after I okay, get great. this one right or wrong. This other one is called. Ooh, it's similar. Okay, it's called strawberries and cream strawberries and cream jesus just like ice cream that's I why feel i didn't like... give it to you before because of the ice cream controversy yeah, yeah. but strawberries that's and why cream. i wasn't gonna include in the top five I'm, I'm like actually like 60 to 70 percent sure this is a wu-tang clan song i feel like i remember that being a song of theirs so you want to pass on bumping up and down uh, yeah okay. that one's that one's okay. done let's you, hear you what that was you shouldn't even let me answer that one let's hear what that was okay you thought it was what i thought it was barney okay let's see if you were right was is it the wu-tang clan or barney bumping up and down here we go Yes. Or no, because you passed on it. <laughs> right, but that's now it's going to be more heartbreaking. Right, exactly. Get the other one. Yeah. But unofficially, because the game is already over, unofficially I have the opportunity to go five for six. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Which is a much better percentage. Which is now you're in the B-plus range. Yeah, now a- I'm like looking range. pretty good. Yeah. I think some great. Ivy Leagues are going to take a look at me now. <laughs> you might get a scholarship. It, it's possible. All right, so Strawberry and Cream. University. Yeah. Woo you. Uh, strawberries and cream, you said... I said Wu-Tang Clan. All right, let's not, let's not uh, dally anymore. Right. Dilly-dally anymore. Let's go. Is this a Wu-Tang Clan song or a Barney song? For Matt Belknap to be five for six, 
This is off of Return of the Woo and Friends. And it's kind of a slow jam. Yeah. It's a jam. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It sounds familiar. Like, I think I actually probably heard this one before. It's real good. Somewhere Barney. in my head, I need that. <laughs> so there you go. I, there you I, go. I, I missed the Mr. Knickerbocker. Fair enough. Fair. Uh, you got me, but I, I feel good about this. All right. So you're in a better mood about it. Just ending on a, on a high yeah. note, which is nice. Maybe that's how I'll play the game. For I'll just keep playing until someone gets it right. I'm always the one who's going to be playing against you, too. Right. So there's never going to be another. You never know. I mean, maybe you could find someone else to play it. I'd love to. But I think you you, you are a great uh, candidate to play because you're, you're on both sides. You know Wu-Tang. Right. And you know kid songs. Now, right. But now I don't want to tell. I, see, now I feel like the game is I, I, I already told you that Sophia the First is something I know something about. So I can't tell you anything else because I don't want. I, I would love you to someday pick a kid's thing that I actually have some familiarity with because then I'm, we can do Sophia the first next time well that actually might not be a bad one because my daughter stopped watching it like a year mm, ago so I only okay. know like I don't know it that well we can stack the deck a little for you <laughs> all right folks we're going to talk to CC Pleasance right now but that of course is the growing in popularity Wu-Tang song or yeah. kid song congrats Matt Belknap thank you you're back <laughs> Wu-Tang song or kid song Wu-Tang song or kid song. Hey, I'm here with Cece Pleasance. Hey. Hey, thanks for being here. Thanks for having On me. On Whale Cave. Fun. That's I, what this is. I love the Whale Cave. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so Cece and I met uh, working on the Jeff Dunham show. We, we were did. roommates. Yeah, we were roommates. We had a lot of long hours on that show. We sure did, yeah. Man, oh, it's man. It's very hard to write for puppets, it turns out. Yeah, I mean, some puppets. But the way, the, <laughs> I felt they're like... They're particular. They're, they, yeah, they have, they have uh, needs. Mm-hmm. Moods. Moods, needs. But I felt like you helped, you really helped get me through that, that process. Yeah. Because it was long and you were, you know... I felt like our moods complemented each other, like when one of us was really... Having, having a troubled time, the other <laughs> picked the other up. So I, 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 I feel like you picked, picked me up more than I picked you up, but that's nice to hear. I think hear we all picked way. each other up. We did. We, we went. Did. It was a round robin of yeah. support. Support. It was a it was a kind group of people. Super kind, really writerly nice. group, and I yeah. love seeing the writers now, which is why you know I'm really glad you're here. Oh, thanks. And also, so I want to tell this little sort of music related story because I feel like it's always fun getting together with like you or Ian or. Or uh, like Courtney, Courtney worked on it very briefly, but you know, or yeah. Jason, whatever. But um, we went out to lunch maybe a year or two after the show, and we hadn't seen each other in a while because you know that happens. You just don't see people, yes. like whatever. So we were like, we, we go out to lunch, and I'm rambling about like my child, <laughs> like nothing. But like, you, I mean, you had had a talk. You had a lot of big life events in your defense. You you talked. Uh, you, I mean, I I asked. I wanted to know about all the things you had. More things going on. Well, you were just like, "Hey, how's it going?" And I'm like, "Oh my god!" And so I just, but it was very basic <laughs> stuff, like, "Oh my this," and you know, like, kind of like, I don't know. I felt like it was very like conversation 101 business. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go. Literally, I remember like the waiter was like, "Are you guys all done?" And I was like, "Oh man, I feel like we haven't talked about you. What's going on?" And you said, uh, "I kind of went out with Moby a couple times." <laughs> And I was like, what? 
Why? Why did I tell you about like a parking ticket? Like I'm rambling about the most boring things, and well, you mentioned like Moby. I think a castle was involved. I did. I did get to. He lives in a, an amazing house that it's kind of yeah. like a castle. Yeah. Um, and, I just and thought, I feel like friends, I learned a lesson the way, there. For the record, he's a he's a lovely person. It's also because I don't feel like I am fancy. You know what I mean? Like, like I am not a fancy person. I'm not the kind of person that would date Moby. You know, I, it's because he is fancy, and, I, and I'm not. And I'm not like super fancy. I'm not like you know. I don't know everything there is to know about music and whatnot. Um, so, so I <laughs> think so I was on. very. I, I felt I didn't tell a lot of people because I didn't want to. Also, he's a wonderful person, and I didn't want to. No, he uh, seems like a. Any, yeah, very like cool dude. So it was cool just more the great. idea yeah. that, like, I was like, yeah. And then my, I bought the uh, my daughter a onesie. <laughs> just like but random that's a good stuff. Story and too. you were like, you were like, that's awesome. <laughs> I went out with Moby. These we, are uh, all wonderful. We were on a helicopter. Things. You know, They're whatever all it equal. was. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you did, but uh, you know, it was yeah, just to me that that was very you. That was very you thing. I'm just kind of be like, you know, I'm going to email him <laughs> and ask him why he didn't take me on a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, the Moby Moby chopper. <laughs> he should have one of those. Probably does. He probably does. He's a record player. I it? probably didn't. I wasn't cool. We've got to keep the chopper still so I can. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this isn't about Moby. It's more about like, I thought that was just fascinating. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and indicative of your cool personality. That's all. I, oh, it's basically it's the nice longest cool. setup that you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> so not cool. <laughs> I'm really not cool. I don't want people to get the wrong idea, Matt. Okay. Well, <laughs> if you're listening, she's sort of cool. Um, all right. But you. Uh, I, you had a very you you recently were working you were writing on the uh, the New Arsenio Hall show yes yes and you worked with my probably my the like of all the people I'd ever want to meet musicians wise yeah you worked with Prince yes I did because um, well, he did a whole uh, I mean he did the whole show right he yeah. took over the show he was it was it was all the show was all prince it was all prince all the time mm-hmm. so to give you a little background um I, I don't know if we've ever talked about our our prince love i could talk together. about this all um day. but but prince like prince changed my life the first album that i ever bought with my own money as a kid was purple rain mm. and i actually bought the the vinyl album because that's what we had back then sure um and I, I was a totally a late bloomer. I was, I lived in Mechanicsville, Virginia, and my music uh, world was like Simon and Garfunkel and the Grateful Dead, like the stuff that my mom listened to and whatever. But like Prince was, Prince was my own. Like he was my mm-hmm. thing. And then I finally got to see him in concert when I was like seventeen. And I, and I was totally like, I, I didn't even think about sex until I saw him live <laughs> on stage. And then I was like, what is happening to my body? <laughs> like I just, he, he. What like, concert? Do you remember what tour it was? It was, um, what was it called? It was the one with the numbers. It was one and two. Um, It was 93. Um, He played, um, it was in Richmond, Virginia at the mosque, which is now called the Landmark Theater because mosque is offensive. Uh Um, (laughs) uh, That wasn't the most beautiful girl in the world. No, no. Okay. Well, anyway, it, it was, was a. Oh, but it was still I'm when so he sorry. was like I'm so bad. At, no, but he was um, still like he was still doing he was still doing sexy things. He was still it, making okay. love with his guitar. That's and, what I was and, getting at. Yeah, he was still. It was uh, a sexy. He was still time. getting nasty. It okay. was a sexy. He played P control, which he doesn't play anymore. Sure. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was <laughs> just listening to that in the car. Girls. Oh God, I love that song. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Um, verse two. Yeah, even that. Like I'm like, yes. He just named the verse. 
it's so good. Yeah, though, the way it was you did the way it. he did it. Like not everybody yeah. can just go burst two. <laughs> and you're like, I, I love yeah. it so Yay! much. I believe it. Yeah. So you're at that show. <clears throat> yeah, and I and I I I had never. I, this is maybe a lot to talk about in public, but I had never um, masturbated before. Mm-hmm. And it was shortly thereafter that I started masturbating. <laughs> because That's of Prince, amazing. I owe him for yeah. you know my sexual awakening. That's terrific. As a teen. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. Um, so yeah, so I, I love Prince so much. And then when they announced that he was coming on the show, I kind of I, I was just so excited. Like I was so excited, but I didn't want people to think that I was too excited because you maintain that love throughout. Oh yeah, college, I saw him at the adulthood. forum. Um, a million times when he was here, I think I went thrice. Because he did a residency. He did. Yeah. 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 Um, You're so just masturbating the whole time. Just the whole constant, <laughs> constantly. They kicked me out. I do feel like <laughs> no, since, since we've started this, gone down this road, <laughs> I do feel like people probably go to the bathroom and masturbate and then come back. They During probably a show. do. He's the. He's just. He's so sexy. Like, he's like five feet. Or do other. Or sex. have sex. You can or, or go have sex nine. with people. Yeah, maybe have a. That, by the way, have someone to have sex with. You can tell a lot about me just because I thought like, well, they probably go out for masturbate. Like, well, me too. Like not go hook up. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. With no. another human. Right. Like, well, you gotta do it yourself. <laughs> you gotta take care no of one's gonna do it with you. <laughs> no one's ever gonna love me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you played the beautiful ones. Let's go. Um, <laughs> all right. So you carry this love. Through and then you're. I'm sorry. So you're you're on Arsenio. Oh yeah, I'm on Arsenio, and um, we you know they find out that Prince is coming on, and it was it kept very quiet until like a few days before, um, and I found out that Prince was coming coming on. I'm like, okay, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together, because I, I just I, he's the only person that I would like lose my mind to meet. Like I really wanted to meet him. Um, so so he comes on the show, or he's coming on the show, and we have a bit for him. Um, that it, it was a it was a collaboration, but it ended up being sort of my bit to Shepard as the the writer, um, and uh, a, a lot of other people worked on it. A lot of other people wrote lines for it and stuff like that. I don't want to uh, be a credit sure. hog, but it was but it was my bit, and I and you were I you were in charge. I, you were I was yeah. in charge of it. Yeah. So um so I was like the whole day I was just like I might get to meet friends. I'm like oh it's so exciting and I was I was just like in inside though I didn't I just didn't want people to be afraid that I would be like a super fan and be mm-hmm. weird with him or whatever. Um so we get to the point and and he comes with like 500 people. I mean he had like so many and it's amazing because Prince is amazing. Like of course he brings 17 thousand dancers and you know a huge like amazing band and and all these people and whatever so so it took a long time to set up so normally we shoot at like four we were shooting at like eight or nine Mm -hmm. so all day i'm just like on the edge of my seat i'm so excited and um we get to the point where uh someone needs to go in and brief prince on the bit that he's going to do and I'm, What's the bit? Oh, yeah. Uh, the bit is uh, that he's going to call uh, someone. We have a we have a guy in the audience who wants to break up with his girlfriend who lives in Portland. Okay, right. Um, and I saw that. I saw the show. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he's going to call her for this guy, and and Prince is going to break up with this woman, and you know, like sort of ease the ease the blow a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, <clears throat> so, and he, and we had like a couple little lines for him to say. Wait, so that wasn't real? They didn't really do that? <laughs> no, he. they did it. I, I don't think she knew. I think we might have – I think they might have somehow produced her so that she didn't quite know what God, was okay. coming. But, like, you know, we didn't want to be mean to anybody. And of Prince course. certainly didn't want to be mean to anyone. No. 
Um, He's about love. But yeah, uh, and so like the final, like the button, this is what it sounds like when Steve breaks up with you is sort of something that I wrote, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So so we, um, <laughs> so we're getting ready to go in, me and the comedy producer, this like great girl, Holly, um, and we're getting ready to walk into Prince's dressing room. I'm standing outside. I'm, I'm so, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm like a child. Uh-huh. I'm so happy and full of joy. And uh, the head writer uh, <laughs> comes up and, and he's, He's a great guy, and I, I don't want to disparage him in any way, and I, I love him. Um, but However. But he, he came up to, he came up, and he's like, you know what? Maybe I should go in. Oh. And I was like, huh, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, okay. I mean, I, I didn't want to be mean, but I was oh, like, no. I literally was holding back tears. I was like, yeah. you just took away all my dreams, but okay. <laughs> I guess you should because you're the head writer. So... So he went in and they explained the bit to Prince and Prince at the end of their explanation said, good job. And he shook each of their hands. And oh. so not only did oh. like, not only did I not get to meet Prince, but these two, uh, the the producer and the head writer would bring that story up like a couple of times a week yeah. and be like, oh, wasn't that the most amazing moment when oh. we met Prince? <laughs> And I'm just like, oh. oh, why are you shitting on my dreams? That sucks. It sucks. It sucked. It was very sad. And did you have any contact with Prince after that? Or was there any like shared moment? Or You know, I was um, I was backstage and I'm, pr- I'm convinced that he smiled at me. He could have been smiling at any number of the hundreds of people that were backstage. But he, I think it was me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the next day he came in to edit. Um and uh, I was walking uh, to the bathroom, actually, and he came out of the elevator, and we made eye contact, and um, he he looked amazing. He was wearing um, – he has an afro right now, and he was wearing this, like, um, knitted afro cover. <laughs> so it looked like awesome. this perfect, like, round kind of tea cozy on his head. It was <laughs> – but it totally matched his – he was wearing all white and mm-hmm. uh, matched his outfit. He looked oh, amazing. Man. I love him. Can't believe that guy did that. Oh man, I know. Did you say anything to him after, even like you know? I think I like even in jest <laughs> or like in a lot like a long night. Oh like, yeah, I did. I did. I let him know. Like, oh really, Carl? Well, why are you then? Very hurt that I was very hurt did? by what he did to me. And he's. I, I actually, I think what I said was, I can't believe you cock blocked me with Prince. And he and he was like, I'm so sorry, but he wasn't sorry at all. Right. He wasn't. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't care. He didn't feel any remorse. He didn't know that I like cried. When I got home, oh, I did you? Cried. Yeah. Oh, because I was so close. Yeah, and they had such a good experience with Prince. If, they, if Prince had like thrown something at them, I wouldn't have felt bad. But because it was like <laughs> such a, you know, it was such a, a momentous time for both of them, and and neither one of the, I, I think Holly's kind of a fan, and I think uh, the head writer. Probably a passing fan, just like everybody's a fan because yeah. he's so amazing. But well, not like Raspberry Beret, it's good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like to dance with that. Oh, 1998. Yeah. What's it called? 99. It's good. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, so. That although I wonder how you would have felt if he was like, he's like, "Hey man, who wrote this bit? This, <laughs> this ain't no good." Yeah. Like he just crumpled it up. Yeah, yeah. That that would have been horrible. It would have been, been horrible. horrible, but you know. But I. I I don't know. I would have probably taken the piece of paper off the ground. Prince crumpled this up. Yeah. Put it in my hope chest. (laughs) (laughs) 
People still have those, right? Yeah. That's the thing. A lot of people listen to the show. Yeah. Right in. <laughs> I'm putting a copy of this in my hope chest. <laughs> yeah. I taped it. I... Oh, man, that sucks. I'm sorry. It's okay. Thanks. Thanks for being sorry. Yeah. No, because I, <laughs> I, I love Prince so much. He's he's honestly. I know he. I do. I do feel like he transcends a musician. Like he mm-hmm. he speaks on a on a different level. You know, to, to all people. Yeah, yeah, to all people. Well, he has all so ages. many. Well, as he would say at his show in the forum at the forum, so many hits, so many hits. <laughs> Just yeah. <laughs> he says that. Did you see? Did you see any of those shows? I didn't see any shows. Oh, I feel like no. I don't remember so what was sorry. happening then, but I saw. I maybe, mean, I've seen him a couple child times. Being born or My child was being born for yeah. three weeks, <laughs> the longest labor ever. Why? Um, I don't remember. It might have been in that period though when. Yeah. I, I can tell you another like half hour about my child. And then <laughs> tell you I, Moby I do want to know what's going on with you. I love. Um, I love to hear your sure. stories. But um, but I there was some yeah it was a it was a hectic time I remember. Yeah. But I also remember afterwards being like I can't believe I didn't go one time because he was here for like three weeks. Yeah, yeah, it would have changed your life. I don't want to. I mean, I don't. No, <laughs> I don't it would have feel bad. But no. um, but others have made me feel bad. So why not spread it? Why yeah, not pay it forward. Hmm. Paying it backward. <laughs> but okay, but you met you had a good experience on Arsenia with. With a, guest, a musical guest, I did. Well, I got to meet. It wasn't the um, print. It wasn't Prince, but it, w- it wasn't. But but also iconic. a wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got to meet Biz Marquis. Okay, um, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, we, uh, we did a, a bit affable. Um, great, really, really sweet and kind and willing to do um, kind of kind of a bit that you know didn't paint him in the best light necessarily. Um, we, it was, a this comedian, Owen Smith, do you know him? He's hilarious. I don't know. Uh, Owen Smith. He came up with this bit, I believe, uh, or either. Yeah, I think it was him. Um, and it was, uh, uh, Biz Marquis beat cop. And mm-hmm. it was basically a cop who interrogated, um, <laughs> bad guys by, uh, beatboxing really close in their face. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of spit. So he would interrogate them and then beatbox, or he would interrogate no, he within would beatbox. So basically, Arsenio was kind of the kind of the good cop, and he'd be like, "You better tell me the truth, Johnson, or I'm gonna, you know, kick your ass or whatever. You know, you don't know, you have no idea what I'm gonna do to you." And then the guy would like, oh, "I'm not talking," and then and then he'd like, "Okay, Bismarck. take it, Biz." And then Bismarck he would just start beatboxing and and, and spitting on him. and spitting and spitting, and then finally he caved. <laughs> That's how cops. Do I don't want to, you know. I don't want to give away the ending. No, 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 no. That's what happens. You can TiVo it. Okay, good. It's on demand. <laughs> yeah. The point of fact, the tour that CC probably went to is uh, there was an Act One and Two tour. Act One and Two. That's what it was. Yeah. He did one leg called Act One, and then he went to Europe, and then he came back and did Act Two. What does that mean? Like what is uh, Act One? That, that was the name of the tour, the Act One tour. Because he was and playing then he, different. Oh. It was, um, I think it was right after he changed his name. Yeah, it was the symbol. To the symbol. It was during the and love so he symbol was trying album. to like. Okay. Yeah, he was trying to get away with like, um, screwing the record label basically. Like right. He was trying to like play, like he was trying to play mostly new songs, but he was, you know, he was sneaking in some of his old songs and stuff like that. Right. He was playing under the symbol so that he wouldn't have to. He'd sneak in know, Little Red Corvette. Yeah. That's that sort of thing. Yeah. Huh. I didn't see that one. I saw Love Sexy. Mm-hmm. I saw I saw him at the Stable Center and he was just doing the hits. Oh, that's fun. Super fun. I saw Musicology in Anaheim. Okay. That was a that was an, a little known uh trip. 
and uh, it was it was pretty great. I mean, he's always great. He's amazing. He didn't he did like a montage. That was when he was doing just sort of a montage of the hits. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was still great, and all of his new music was great. Like I I I've never heard a bad song from Prince. I've heard some. <laughs> Bat dance? <laughs> I love bat dance. There's nothing wrong with bat dance. <laughs> don't, don't hate on bat dance. <laughs> He'll go. I I don't love and I love Prince. Yeah. More again, top top notch. But but I feel like some of his when he gets kind of experimental. I don't know. Maybe I, it gets a little. Yeah, weird. I don't love. Yeah. I don't love when he's like this song's 34 minutes. <laughs> and I got a three string guitar and a piano. Go. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I you mean, didn't come there to great. see a fish show. I did not. Yeah. And sometimes it feels a little bit like that. Yeah, I could see that, I guess. Just saying. I, guess. I mean, he's a, he's he's <laughs> the best. He um at the forum, he had Sheila E. Mm. playing with him and that was amazing. She's uh, incredible. I I never realized how incredible. I underestimated Sheila E until I saw her play live on like 12-inch Lucite heels mm-hmm. just drumming her face off. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw, I think I told you this, I just saw um, Princess. The Maya Rudolph has a, a... Oh, yeah, yeah. She and her college roommate have a, a all-female Prince cover band. Oh, how was that? So awesome. good. And they played Purple Rain top to bottom. Nice. It was the 30th anniversary of Purple Rain. Yeah, cool. And I was like, man... You know, because my Rudolph, she's hilarious, but she also, she you know, also is a great is very singer. She's good at music, yeah. Yeah, and she was like belting out the beautiful ones. Wow. Love it. People masturbating. <laughs> Just furious <laughs> masturbation everywhere. Yeah. I'm really sorry that I made this so dirty. <laughs> no. I feel, I feel very bad. It was bad. good. It was a good turn for Whale Cave. Okay. We, we need to grow up. <laughs> So here are some masturbation jokes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Your shelter. Yeah. Well, Cece, thanks for coming on and sharing a lot of things. Thank you so much Uh, for having me. (laughs) Cece Pleasance, everybody. That was uh, great to talk to Cece Pleasance. Yeah. I love C.C. Pleasant. She and I, by the way, before I forget, that song was called Lips and Limbs by Wakahachi. And the song that opened the whole thing was Southern Sun by Boy and Bear. Two songs I uh, really enjoy listening to them a lot lately. Okay. Um, C.C. and I really went through a lot during the Jeff Dunham program. <laughs> Wasn't my favorite period in my working career. <laughs> but uh, look, she made me laugh a lot. A lot, and I love talking anytime, and also anytime I can talk Prince. Yeah, man, Prince might be somewhere, but he might, you know, between Girl Talk, Wilco, and Prince, I might even say you've talked about Prince more. Than, really? Maybe not now. Interesting. Prince is definitely third place. There's I love no, him. There's no one ahead of him. No, uh, other than Wilco. He's <laughs> well, Talk. but I mean. I don't know if he's ahead of Wilco either. Like, I, I just, you know. In your heart. I feel like Wilco's just more, ha- just happening now more often. Mm-hmm. And people that come in here more are going to just bring him up in some, bring them yeah. up in some way. But Prince, let me tell you something. That dude. Love that guy. Yeah, you made a mix for me because I, I admitted to you I'm not like super, mm-hmm. like I know the hits and not much else. And it was it was great. I, I actually got a little bit more, uh, you know, 
perspective on you know the stuff that he's done beyond those big 80s hits and early 90s i made a uh, a prince mix for the creator of regular show mm-hmm. show I, I i work on and uh he he didn't know any like he didn't know 1999 i mean he didn't know much how's that possible uh, well he's younger okay you know um was he born in after 1999 <laughs> he's, he's, yeah he's he's six <laughs> So he knows all the Barney songs. No, he just he it just he's never he was on his doesn't radar. like top forty at all. Yeah. I mean, he's just not into that music. And um, but I made him a mix. Um, I mean, he I, you know he knew a couple of songs. Yeah. but he just didn't know. I was playing Purple Rain or something. Anyway, point being, I made a mix for him, and he really really liked it, and it meant. I went. I way nerded out. I was like, "Oh, dude, let me make you another one. Like, I'll make mm-hmm. you like a deeper cuts." When he's like. Settle down, Beavis. Like, it's all right. Right. Like, just, I, I liked it. Right. <laughs> just totally, totally shut me down. Oh. But that's all right. Yeah. You know, I got, I just got Ray Prince nerdy. What was the, what was like the, do you remember the mix? Like, what was the deepest thing you put on there? Like, the least well-known. The least well-known? Like, how deep did you go? Or was it really just like a greatest hits collection? No. The, oh, on that one? The yeah. deepest one I went was, I'm, I'm actually, I'm looking at it right now. Okay. Um, the deepest one was off of the Black Album, which is probably on your... I, I feel like I made it for you. What's it called? Bob George. I don't remember that it's one. It's the one... It, the Black Album was an album that Prince didn't release. Right. Because it was too violent and too sexual, in his opinion. Yeah. And um, and Bob George is... He takes on the persona of a guy... Let's see. He, he takes on the persona of someone's girl boyfriend and this woman is hanging out with prince and he takes he has a voice modulator Mm -hmm. so he kind of talks like that and he's um and it's got this crazy bass you know what i'm just gonna play like (laughs) why am i doing this impression of it like it's so good i'm just gonna play the bass part of it okay but it goes uh that's how it starts Uh, (laughs) so good anyway See, that's his voice there. Huh. Let me see you dance. Oh, it's so good. Anyway, that's off the Black Album. And he then I think he did release it. You know, there's all that mess with Warner Brothers. And right. he got out of that deal and he started releasing a ton of stuff. Anyway, I think he did release it. But for a period, it was really, really hard to find this Black Album. And it mm-hmm. was like... But that song, I used to really... I used to listen to the Black Album a lot because we found it in some vinyl, you know, in Chicago just somewhere. And... um Anyway, that song I put on there, and that was I asked him. I was like, "Hey, man, what'd you think of uh, that song where the guy's like he's pretending to be that guy's girlfriend?" Blah blah blah. Bob George. And he was like, "Yeah, that's the one I skipped over all the time." <laughs> yeah, like, oh, right. yeah. Went too Prince deep. was right to not release it. No, dude, he was wrong. But then I went like you know, like like Starfish and Coffee is one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. That one I'll you did s- put put on my Sign of the Times. Yeah. You know. Anyway, oh, it's so good. Prince, love that guy. I could. There's so many different Prince mixes you can make too. I used to make yeah. ladies like Prince slow jam, like purple slow jam mixes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how I, you know. Is that how you got that's your how price rolled? That's how you got your wife to. Uh... I made her Prince mix very early on. My wife. Yeah. That was one of the few. That's in sort of the the few crossover things that we like. Nice. That and West Side Story. That's it. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. Well, 
Look, I could talk Prince forever. I'm really yeah, glad sorry, Stacey came. No, no, no. I was trying to even out the ratio because Girl Talk was getting getting a lead on Prince in uh, in the in Whale Cave. Yeah, yeah. So I thought I'd get a little bit more. No, yeah. I think Prince is right there now. Yeah, like, we is. can play some Girl Talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, but hey, Courtney Lilly's here, so let's talk to Courtney. All right, I'm sitting across from Courtney Lilly. Hey, Courtney. Hi, Matt. Hey, Holly. Thanks for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. Um, so Courtney and I met, uh, We were, I feel like we were friends with a lot of the same people. Oh, yeah. It's one of those things where if you go on Facebook, it's like, why do I not know this person who I have 98 friends in common with? Yeah. It seems like it's a, on purpose at this point, or he must be my mortal enemy. <laughs> why am I blocking him? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we met, but we officially met at, um, we, were, uh, we were both, I, I don't know if it was an interview. I guess we were hired. We were hired at that point. Yeah. yeah, I still feel like I was kind of getting felt out, if that's possible. But but it was at um, uh, it was a Comedy Central show. It was in it was for uh, I'll say it. I'll admit it. It was for Jeff Dunham. Uh, he had a, a house in Calabasas, and we were brought out there to sort of chat with him or to be chatted at. Chatted at to get to understand the, the Dunham world. The I Dunham think world. a little bit, <laughs> which I knew nothing about. But I was brought there because my mom was a puppeteer, and because I knew. Uh, yeah, I know. Shocking. I just knew the guys in charge. You yeah. actually had some actual skills and reason for being. <laughs> yeah, I, I was in the world of puppetry. Well, no, I knew the guys in charge, too, but I think they were like, you probably won't agree with his sensibility, but your mom is a puppeteer, so let's do it. You let's know, go to Calabasas. Yeah, and we went to Calabasas. Yeah, but I remember sitting with you kind of in the living room being like, hmm, what are we doing? It's, At least that's what was in my head. I was like, what's happening right now? Oh, it was. it's amazing because, I mean, first of all, like anything in tv it's like every project whether it's jeff dunham and puppets or something like that there's a ridiculously small window from which you could execute and make it actually work <laughs> right and every idea sounds terrible from the outset it's just like what's the show oh it's a bunch of people just bitching about work and then now it's the office it's fine and, you know yeah. it's hilarious but you know and you sit there and you're like this seems like it's gonna be hard i don't know what this is this yeah guy doesn't want to be on tv he makes 30 million dollars being on the road yeah it wasn't quite the office but yeah you know <laughs> But it was great to meet you. Yeah, absolutely. It was that fantastic. Was, the best thing was uh, meeting the people, like, you know, loved a lot of the people I met there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but I, uh, I want to talk to you because I know you have, I feel like on Facebook and just knowing you a little, we, you, your music tastes, I, I don't know, it, it's just interesting and, and we're going to talk about your upbringing and oh, yeah. how, how your music taste evolved. My music taste. Yeah. I use music as a substitution for human emotion. I think mm -hmm. I, I give it to the people. I trust it in the hands of the Jeff Tweedies and the Morrissey's and the, and this is already complicated because it's radio. I'm assuming this is radio. And because I don't ha necessarily have the black guy voice, this may be important. I am a black guy. So <laughs> okay, we start good. going with the starting off with the Jeff Tweedies and the Morrissey's and all that kind of stuff. I could say the Rakims and the Stetsasonics cause I will talk about that too. Sure. But <laughs> you know, that's all of that is where my emotions get like played out. So this, I only bring it up because it's pertinent. Yeah, no, it is pertinent. And yeah. this, yeah, this will be going out on the, on the internet, the radio internet. Yeah. We're not filming this. Oh man. Good. There's no, those cameras aren't on. Cause I did Although not. There are a lot of them. I don't have my makeup. Oh. I'm not camera ready. Oh yeah. No, right not now. camera no. ready at all. I'm radio ready. Yeah. All the time. But okay. So tell where, so you grew up. Uh, All over the place, but born in Spokane, Washington. Okay. That is ground zero for not hearing a lot of black music. Okay. <laughs> Even though my mother, she was in town this weekend, she told me a story about how James Brown, she saw, this is how important it was. My grandfather 
like you know my family and my my mom's side of the family has been in spokane for a hundred years like mm-hmm. literally like the only black people in spokane pretty much how did they and get so, to Spokane? like what were they um moved what out brought them to spokane? from north carolina <laughs> I mean, how they get there? yeah how they get yeah. there uh, i think a train yeah. i don't know exactly okay what line of the train you remember uh they, i don't know it all gets very complicated <laughs> after a certain pile you know records and all that kind of stuff sure, i'll go sure. on ancestry.com okay. after this and <laughs> trust people with yeah them. just email to me yeah um so, yeah, no, they, the family, I believe, and I may be getting this wrong because my grandmother is like the family historian and she actually has written a lot about this. And so I, I apologize for doing this Cliff Notes version of it. From North Carolina, I believe, sent out to Centralia, Washington to break a coal miner's strike because that's what my people did sometimes. I'm pro union, but, you know, <laughs> shit was difficult. Um, ended up in Spokane, turn of the century, stayed there. So um, they've been there for forever. And again, there's no black music. But my grandfather, it was so important that, you know, they see these things. James Brown did a bunch of concerts where, you know, like he was big about giving back to the people in the community. And he would do these like $1 and $2 shows, basically, or $3 or whatever it was. And my grandfather took the entire family to go see it. My grandmother, my mom and her four siblings. And they, I mean, like, that's how huge a deal it was. Yeah. That there was, a, like, not only a black artist, but a black artist of that caliber coming. And so my mother told a story about being 14 or 15 years old and seeing James Brown, you know, and her, you know, there with her sister and her younger brother. And the two youngest siblings were up in the, the balcony with my grandparents. But that sounds amazing you yeah, know? Oh, yeah. And so it was kind of like yeah but again no no black radio stations not a lot of artists coming through there so it's kind of the opportunity i mean again it was a lot of pop music and so you could see stuff right. like that but it wasn't you know it was and that was only until i was six years old and then we moved to ohio for a little bit columbus ohio and then we moved back west outside of uh seattle but very far outside like the sticks on the other side of the common arrows bridge and gig harbor washington and then finally when i was getting ready to go to high school in seventh grade we moved uh to suburban suburban philadelphia okay yeah which is still that how would you describe that area suburban philadelphia it's like when i say everybody's like oh where are you from i'm like i'm from philadelphia and like oh really where i'm like whoa, whoa, whoa slow down slow down it's like <laughs> halfway between like center city and amish country <laughs> so like right. if you i think like both culturally and I mean, it's a it's a John Hughes suburb. It's basically mm-hmm. what it is. You know, it was like it was like that. I'm a okay. suburban kid. That's so. Okay. Yeah. So the music you were saying the music. So you gravitate. I mean, not even gravitated, but the music you were just surrounded by. Oh, was just more like you had no choice. Whatever, right. like you know, Casey Kasem again. Rest in peace. Pour a little out and the you know sure this one. You know, wherever I heard this, Casey Kasem is dying. People, I don't know if I'm breaking the news. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's a little early for some. But anyway, alert. yeah. Uh, no, it'd be like America's Top 40. It's so whatever was huge, that's what you listened to. And that's all there was. And you couldn't really go to a, you know, like my mother would talk about going to visit family in Chicago or Cleveland or something like that. And you would go to the record stores mm-hmm. there and get records and bring them back and bring them to the parties. But like, you know, when I was a kid in the 70s, we just listened to radio. And like sure. my mother tells a story about my favorite song when I was like three years old, because this would have been like 77, 78, uh, being Crystal Gale's Don't You Make My Brown Eyes Blue, <laughs> which... You know, again, like in the seventies, there was a lot of uh, let's just say non-urban music out there, and sure. the, the Debbie Boons of the world, and lighting up lives, and all that kind of good the stuff. Gordon Lightfoot. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And again, I have a soft spot in my heart. In my playlist, in my iPod playlist, there's a like a, a American like soft rock station where yeah. you can sit there and you know if you want to hear like Ace, how long? Yeah, yeah, I got that. Yeah. We're gonna do some of that. <laughs> We're gonna do a little uh, Pablo Cruz if you've got some of that too. And that's all I think. Because Any Ambrosia okay. in there? Oh yeah. yeah sure. Oh, you're gonna have some Ambrosia. Oh, yeah. How you, I mean, you don't actually have that station without Ambrosia. And I'll just cruise to that. My ex-wife hated that station. I think she hated it so much. It was crazy because 
uh, she grew up in Seattle, which again, like is not necessarily like, you know, like, you know, Bronx, but still it was like, they had a lot more going on there. And she's like, I can't believe you're listening to this. I'm like, it brings yeah. back memories. It's like, it's like when you smell your mother's cooking or something like that. I had a great childhood and, you know, sometimes listening to Crystal Gale, you know, makes me a little sure teary eyed. Fire you and do? rain get you going. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. all I'm talking about. Yeah. Give me a little fire and rain. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's so funny because my mom and I just remember her in her Subaru. She would just, you know, she was playing. She'd play uh, James Taylor's greatest hits all the time. Yeah, uh, I feel like she played Crystal Gale, but I don't think that was one of her go tos. Yeah, but you know, a lot of Captain and Tennille. Oh yeah, the seventies a great time for that kind of music for terrible music. I was just listening the other day because that station uh, kind of like I was. I had the iPod on random, and uh, Anne Murray's "You Believe in Me" came on, mm. and again, that was a big. That was a big moment. Again, Canadians a little bit. Can you pump that up? Uh, <laughs> it's really hard to get the bass going on that one, you know? And I think it actually may have come on, and I think this may be the only time this has happened in the history of the world, which is my favorite thing about the iPod Shuffle. Right after, uh, like, Black Skinhead by uh, Kanye West, <laughs> right into Anne Murray. Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. And I have moods, moods for both. Yeah, That's absolutely. I'm an emotional person. <laughs> You're human. Yeah, I'm a human being. What can you do? So, and you, so you held on to that music. It's not like you, when you moved, you'd be like, you're growing up. You're like, mm, yeah, I held on I'm to bailing it. Bailing on Gord's gold. You're like, no. Well, you know what it is? It's like beautiful is a great song. I definitely evolved with it, and then because and like, am I pushing Gordon Lightfoot too much? Uh, <laughs> no, no. Actually, we're in a good spot. I think we're in a good Lightfooty okay, area because uh, I, I am known to push a little hard on. Lay like, a latch onto one thing. Let's I've bring noticed. It. Let's so bring I'm it. gonna because we'll get to the Durand. I'm aware phase. of it. Yeah, yeah. I definitely want to. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that because, like, I w- I'm I'm an I'm an easily influenced person, which means because I'm curious, and so like people have like interests, and like there are people who are, like devoted to interests, and they're just like know everything about something, and I'm like, that's fantastic. I wish I could be like that, and I just absorb it, and then I kind of like get into things, but I, I and then I move on. Mm-hmm. And I had a babysitter when we lived outside of Seattle who just was the coolest chick on the planet. Maybe probably actually not in real life, <laughs> but like to us when we were young, we're like this chick rocks she's yeah. fantastic and she could not have loved Duran Duran more could not have loved Duran Duran more so the only way to show that we really loved and respected our babysitter was to get equally as into Duran Duran which <laughs> I think my parents hate it because we'd be on the road trips or whatever there's the tapes in the car and here's like boom seven the ragged tiger it's going in <laughs> over and over and over again you know and, and so, fo- yeah the folks weren't into that no yeah. my, my dad had let's see a Joe Simon eight track that we would listen to over and over again. We'd hear doing the moonwalk and eight tracks back in the day, they would like just sometimes skip tracks in the middle of the song. And so like, it would be like, you hear a little like track click and then the rest of the song would kind of go on. And so we heard that over and over and over and over again. Let's see. What else did we have in that? I can't remember anything else. Maybe Huey and the Lewis in the news sports. I don't know. It was a tough, it was a tough time. I mean, we, and we drive across the country with those two. Wow. Cause there's no rate. And, Kids, I don't know. We have a lot. What's our demographic here? We're looking like a lot of the. It's anywhere between like forty three and forty four. <laughs> That's good. Okay, so you guys will understand. There wasn't serious radio back then. Sometimes you'd be driving through Wyoming as we'd be going from Spokane to visit mm-hmm. my grandparents in Texas, and you would have no radio, like no radio. That's it. There's nothing, and so you would listen to Joe Simon. Uh, doing the moonwalk. But by the way, now again, I'm a very emotional person with music, and like now, that's a very I I, I could wear that out. I love that that record because it means something, you know. So. Which record specifically? I forget the name of it. Joe Joe Simon had a song called "Doing the Moonwalk," which was like from the 70s, and it was just it was really repetitive and it was like kind of about song. a song. It's 
it's good. I mean, it's it's it's, it's all right, you know. Um, but I listened. I mean, my dad and the, but you it, it makes you feel it. It brings you back. Is absolutely. that what it is? Yeah, I hit it on Spotify every now and again to go yeah. up there and say Joe like, Simon. Yeah, doing the moonwalk. Doing the moonwalk. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's really repetitive. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, so you so in high school, you get into. High school, I started coming to my own a little bit, and a little bit in middle school, where okay. it's like more influence. As you get older, like I had cousins who would come to stay with us and stuff like that, and they would bring in, like my cousin, again, I'd have to get my cousins from, uh, you know, the, the, the major metropolitan areas of like Omaha, Nebraska, mm-hmm. <laughs> to bring in uh, the UTFO tapes and stuff like that. And I remember <laughs> visiting family and farms in Texas. I remember specifically in like 87 or 88 going down there and hearing Stetsasonic Sally over and over and over again they would not stop playing that song and i was in heaven because i couldn't get over the hook it was so great and it was just like one of those hip-hop songs that like got you early mm-hmm. and grabbed you and like where i grew up in middle school like the beastie boys and our and run dmc everybody knew about that kind of stuff right. curtis blow rapping basketball all that kind of stuff but that was like the early like pop versions of stuff but you yeah. get into like you know like i remember my cousin brought me my first public enemy tape you know yo, yo bum rush the show and all that other kind of stuff and it was like so that's where those kind of interests kind of like, and that was like late eighties, just as you get in the nineties. And that's when we move in 87 or 88 to outside of Philadelphia where everything breaks up at that point. I mean, like it's all of a sudden it's like, Oh, you've got all these influences. There's like, there's a black radio everywhere. And it's like, you can't escape it, you know? And it was just like, it was a very, it was a great, it was a great kind of like, Oh, okay, here we go. At the same time though, (laughs) you know, I love rock and roll. I had like, I had my rock kind of like, that was my upbringing, you know, we couldn't help but listen to it, you know? And so the big breakthrough for me was actually before high school, right before high school, when living color was big, like in their first album vivid. Cause I was like, Oh my God, it's black guys playing rock and roll and they're on MTV and it's awesome. And yeah. it's awesome. Like Corey Glover and his like body glove, just rocking it out. And I was just like, this is, this is perfect. And so I, my whole dream, even though I never played an instrument, I'm terrible. I'm not musical at all. Bought a banjo once that was a mistake. Sold it two years later. <laughs> I like my whole thing was like Black Rock Coalition. This is this, it, you know, it's peanut butter and jelly. It's put it together. Two t- great tastes that taste great together. And, uh, you know, I, I went hard to the hole on that. I was like, every time they'd come out with a record, I'm just like, I'm on it. And I had some friends who were super into it too, you know? And so, like, that was, you know, I had a little community and like it was fun to kind of, kind of get into that. And then by the time I got to like, like college, it was just like, I stopped using music as a way to identify. It was still the emotional thing, but it wasn't like, you know, when I was going like black rock coalition, I'm like, this is how I'm going to meet girls. I'm going to meet the right girl. Right. First, like terrible idea, obviously, (laughs) you know, let's like, let's like this very narrow slice of fandom anyway. And the perfect woman, even though again, not to get into the whole difference, but my ex-wife and I, we went to college together. Long story. I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but she was a black rock coalition fan. I'm realizing I manifest a lot of the things I talk about. They did actually happen for better and for worse. (laughs) Right. And so like I did, find the, an individual I could talk about that kind of stuff with. But uh so it worked. It, to a certain extent. To, yeah, absolutely. I mean like here it, it did work. Other things didn't work, but that absolutely right. worked, you know? And so I mean like but I stopped using music as a way to kind of identify and more as like just a way to let all the emotions out. Just kind of like When you were identifying with the Black Rock Coalition, was that were you I guess like 
a closeted Crystal Gale fan still, or was that just uh, were you like, no, I'm not into no, that man, anymore? No, that's when I was rejecting my Crystal Gale roots. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was that's wondering. where that's the low point of the story, man. She left her and her long hair. Left way her back. and her long hair, and I'm at the Bad Brains. Oh yeah, Bad Brains is another huge one because Bad Brains again rock, and you saw how like influential and how big a deal they were. Because mm-hmm. like for me, it wasn't just like okay, there's black guys playing guitar. Because you always had examples of that. I was a, I'm a huge Prince fan. You know, Jimi Hendrix. Sure. Every blues musician ever, you know, all that other kind of stuff. Cause like people, you get in these arguments with people all the time when you're a kid and they're just like, well, I don't understand why black guys don't play guitar. And I'm like, I don't understand why you're not looking, you know, it's like <laughs> right, this yeah. weird kind of thing. And so like, there are plenty of examples, but I also wanted contemporary examples and people that my peers who are music fans could respect, you know, um, and the, that like, like people like bad brains. And it's always, it's the worst thing to me. Like whenever, especially when you're coming from an African American perspective of craft and you're trying to get everybody to agree, it's okay. Cause like, especially since hip hop was like, so everybody was so rushing to that. And that, that was automatically cool. And you're sitting there and it's like, Hey, there's this great rock record by this band and so on and so forth. And you're like, what? Oh uh, no, I mean, it's all right. Yeah. It's no cool. Yeah. Whatever. You know? And like, I wanted like enthusiasm and you had the enthusiasm with like bad brains and to a little bit of a lesser degree, but still they're huge, uh, living color. And so like, that was kind of like, here we are, people. See? New Day. Spike Lee's made like hit movies. Turned Malcolm X into a thing people are going to go see. It's a whole, we're ushering a whole new day. It's yeah. going to be a cosmopolitan, polyglot of racial unity. There'll be a black president one day kind of thing that I was thinking at the time. And again, some of it was wrong. Some of it I manifest. I'm very powerful. <laughs> yeah. You made a lot of this happen. Yeah, exactly. I'm realizing yeah. this now. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So you take that into college. Take that into college. Uh, go to the college radio station. I went to Columbia a University uptown, uh, and we had a radio station there, eighty nine point nine WKCR FM. That was the, that, that's nice. what I would do, and I would be on the radio. Right. And uh, it's primarily a jazz station, mm-hmm. and I knew nothing about jazz. I knew like some of the big names, the Titans, and all that other kind of stuff, but the kids there. It's what's kn- between the notes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Sometimes it's even the silences. Yeah, exactly. yeah, um, yeah. I gotta say, I. I was super intimidated by those kids because they knew jazz. Half of them were like born in New York to musicians and artists and all Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff. And again, like I've already told you about my Duran Duran phase. So like (laughs) nobody, I was not telling them that. So, uh, I get there and I'm just looking for like, like anybody who'll put me on the air. And there was a late night blues show and you had to enter. Did you know what kind of show did you want? Cause I know a lot of the shows are free form. Well, ours were, did you have an idea where you like, they had to like, it's very structured at our show, at our station. So it was like, Jazz all day in the morning and all that other kind of stuff and like very specific kinds of jazz music. Uh, we had an American music department uh, that had uh, country, blues, uh, soul and funk and all that other kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so like you would have a show and that wasn't like most college radio stations where it's like the DJ is the person. It's more like this is the show and the show would be, uh, let's see. I think there was one, I forget what the Saturday blues show was, but the one I would do would be 11 o'clock. I think it started maybe nine to 11 or 11 to one that I would start. It was 11 to one and it was called Tuesday is just as bad after that blues line. You know, they call it stormy Monday, but Tuesday is just as bad. And so it'd be Tuesday night. You'd be there and you would, uh, you know, play blues. And usually that show was a little more electric and I like starting off with the acoustic stuff and, you know, and so did you have a DJ name or did you, were you, cause it, did not have a DJ. No, okay. Did not have a DJ name. Uh, did not have a DJ voice, did not have DJ abilities, did not have much DJ. I think you have a good DJ voice. You know, but when I was like 19, I sounded like this sped up three times. Okay. You know? So it was not, <laughs> it was not great. Um, I didn't have a lot of knowledge, but I learned. And uh, there's a guy, uh, Jordan Kessler there, who's uh, a, a couple years ahead of me and he was a big blues fan and he just kind of 
like shepherded me through the whole process. And I learned a lot and kind of like, and that's when like the fat possum record label, which everybody knows now, cause I think the black keys are, or were on it and they're doing a bunch of releases. That's when they first started out of Oxford, Mississippi. And they were mm. releasing all these blues records by guys like junior Kimbrough and, and Arl Burnside and all this other kind of stuff. And it was like right then in the early nineties when this was happening. And, uh, it was awesome to get all those, to get all those. And it was a great moment. Cause it was like, it was North Mississippi kind of blues. Uh, and like, it was like a different thing than the Delta kind of stuff. And it was great. And it was great. And, uh, so like there was something contemporary I can hold on to. And there was like all the knowledge of the past and all that other kind of stuff. So I got really, really, really into doing that kind of show. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was totally fun. So that wasn't any, okay. So that's, I guess not a departure from what you came in with, but it's, it more, was more of an extension. Of- it was much more of an extension and yeah. like really trying to find my way a little bit kind mm-hmm. of as I went through it. Um, cause also like in high school, again, everything, everything is related to like in high school is like related to identity. It's like, okay, well if I'm going to get this one girl to like me, then I need to like the Smiths and new order. And so, yeah, they ended up liking the Smiths and new order. I'm very, again, easily influenced. These are all the things that were happening. So like, I should have tried that. I never tried that. Oh my God. It's so, it, didn't it is, date a lot. no, it was, I should have done, I should have gone with that approach. It, it was, it, it wasn't always successful. I, I mean, I spent a lot of time chasing these women around with the music and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, she's into poetry. Let me be a poet. It's like it, whatever it was. That's what I kind of did. And to I, was, I was like, let's be your, like, I want to be your friend. I mean, isn't that just like kind of like a parallel version of it? Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a more. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is a parallel version of it. Yeah. It's just something I could manifest doing in my free time because like there, when you're just like, oh, I'm just going to be your friend. Then like if she's not around, you it's can't the really worst. be the friend. No, it's the it's terrible. It sucks. And you're waiting for them. You're waiting for that class that one day a week or whatever it was. Yeah. It's like gym class. And you're like, oh, I'm running to look athletic, but trying not to get too sweaty. All that other kind of stuff. That's yeah. all horrible. And so if I, I had now Don't recommend activity, it. I had homework, basically. Sure. That's what I gave myself. Yeah. You know? yeah. And you got some good music out of it. Emotional homework and good music. And so yeah. it was great. And, you know, and so and, and then eventually, eventually, as happens sometimes, it grew into something that I just love to do for myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's a nice lesson. Yeah. A nice little lesson in life that I got early. So. So you're a DJ at the station. Mm-hmm. Are you I know a lot musicians sometimes come through depending on how big the station. Are you meeting any of these people that you're. You're liking or unfortunately no they were all ancient at one point i was going to go down to mississippi because if you listen to, if you see uh there's this great blues documentary called deep blues that uh uh robert palmer the blues historian did and dave stewart of the eurythmics mm-hmm. is in the video in the movie and like dave stewart's a huge blues fan it was basically going down to these juke joints in the 90s and that uh like junior kimbrough owned and uh at one point me and jordan were talking about going down there just like and like i was so excited to get in the car, drive how many miles it was in the summer to battle mosquitoes in this crazy like, and, and it's like it looks like a movie juke joint. It doesn't look like anything's changed. Uh, unfortunately, Junior's juke joint burned down oh. like right maybe the summer before he went. You know, something like that in the fall or something like that. And yeah, he had a a, a difficult life he had all the, all the best you know like all the best titles for songs like you know uh you know done got old that's a great title <laughs> yeah. Arl burnside had one i wish i was in heaven sitting down i'm just like <laughs> these are i'm like it's just like okay yeah we get it you're old and tired life's been hard i loved all of that stuff though yeah um but yeah so it was like i mean it wasn't it wasn't a huge departure because again it was like as i said earlier i was not trying to find identity but i probably was um and so like 
this gives me like kind of like I'm a, I'm a sage. I know a little bit more. I've, For sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I can tell stories about what it was like to share crop and then go, you know, pick at a guitar for <laughs> a few hours at night for a few pick pennies. Who knows? And then you said, did you come out here right after that? I went to, after college, I moved to Rhode Island and I was a reporter for a year. And for a while there, you know, I mean, that's, and, and Rhode Island honestly was like, cause then I, <laughs> I don't know if you guys know, but reporters uh don't make a lot of money but mm. i thought uh i thought i had a, you know i was like I'm, I'm making any money so i'm just like this is great and that's when i like went crazy into the record shopping because you know it's a good idea with your first job to get in a bunch of debt and so like i had no idea what was happening and i was just like let's go and so every day i would go out and buy all these records and that's where like like i got deeper into things and that was like i mean in college too it was like that's when you do like all the like the typical kind of like I buy the cheap tricks records and then I buy the big star record and then I buy the this record and I buy the this record and that kind of all branched out. But that was all like, you know, again, in the bedrock of I loved rock music and mm-hmm. I love blues and I love hip hop and I love, you know, so. Yeah. So then I feel like you sort of embraced all of it. Oh, yeah. Embraced all of it. Embraced all of it. And again, like in college, I was in the middle of embracing all of it. I'm a big fan of like female singer songwriters and artists and stuff like that in college the woman i discovered and it is still one of my favorites to this day is kate bush i went kate bush crazy in college <laughs> like my See, roommate, that's fascinating to me too oh my roommates literally were like what the hell are you listening to right and it was just like this and she's just such a consummate artist so much so. Who are you just okay? So your roommates, do, what 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 type of guys are those guys? My roommates are the type of guys that don't listen to any music. Okay, okay, all. great. But I mean, like, so that I'm like, like they're the my roommates are the kind of guy. Like I remember my dear roommate, very 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 close friend, who uh, that Celine Dion song, not the early one, like not like, but maybe like the Power of Love in the '93 or something like that, mm-hmm. whatever it was. He would play that song like 20 times in a row. Like like just over and over and over again, and I couldn't understand. I could not get it. Sure. And so that's like that was like you know, and I had all, in my sophomore year, we had all we had this disaster of a suite that like four bedrooms for five of us, and so like I was the only one really listening to music kind of consistently, and so they would just hear this like high screeching, and it wasn't like it wasn't near the crazy stuff you could be listening to you know it wasn't like you know like and i mean crazy it's just like the stuff that like music nerds were listening to it wasn't Kraftwerk mm-hmm. or laurie anderson or this that and other thing and not to mention like all the stuff at the radio station like carl heinz stockhausen and all the kind of stuff that people were listening to and you know alban berg and Vatsek and all that other kind of stuff it was just kate bush <laughs> and she's fantastic they lost their minds they like there was almost an intervention at some point we're just like we don't know what's going on with you we don't like the sounds right are you hurting somebody are you hurting yourself yeah what's going on <laughs> yeah and I, I adored her, adored her, would buy her music videos because, again, it was not easy to get music videos then, let alone Kate Bush. So I would go down like Borders or whatever it was and like pester them and be like, can you order me this like foreign uh, Kate Bush like mm-hmm. VHS kind of thing of her music videos and get weird looks from people. But then they'd come and I'd watch it over and over and over and over again. Wow. Yeah. And I got. Do like, you think that's brought. You, I mean, she's not like Crystal Gale, but I mean, I'm wondering where that came from. You know what it was? It, like I was a huge Prince fan, and she and Prince worked together at some point, and then I just they did. Yeah, oh yeah, mm. twice on once on her record and once on his record, and like I think there may have been more collaboration than that. But he, you know, Prince is a huge fan of like like female musicians, like whether Patrice Russian or Johnny mm-hmm. Mitchell and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> He's a huge fan of women in yeah. various ways. Yeah, <laughs> you can't just stop so, at female. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, so that was like, oh, who is this Kate Bush person that I've heard so much about? And then all of a sudden, it was just like it was like love at first sight. It was mm-hmm. like this woman is insane. She is these 
big eyes. She just does whatever the hell she wants and all this other kind of stuff. And so I got super into it so much. So into it, so into it that my best friend from high school this year, she called me two months ago in the middle of the night. She got up at 4am in Houston <laughs> to get tickets for one of the London Kate Bush shows. So I'll be going to London to see Kate Bush in September at the beginning of September, August 30th. So you're still, you still have the Kate Bush. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. But everything to me again, it's all, nost- it's not just nostalgia. I do actually absolutely adore her music, but it does take me back to a place. It, it definitely like, <laughs> like I can remember like every beat of those, of those music videos and like mm-hmm. being super into that and like kind of feeling like nobody understood me. Like that was a little bit of my like emotional, just like nobody gets me phase right. <laughs> when I would be like the only person Listen to Kate Bush. And I went to, I remember once, God, this was a disaster too, because my ex-wife went to college with me too. That's the last time we'll bring this whole thing. We're not turning this into a tragedy. No, why not? Yeah, exactly. So like, and I remember (laughs) seeing her at a party once and my friends were all like, because I had a little crush on her then, my friends were all like, this is going to be a disaster, dude. Just be cool about it. Just be cool about it. And, you know, because they thought it was going to be a disaster because like she was all arty and I was wearing a Penn State Curtis Enos jersey or something like that. It was just like, (laughs) just looking like the jockey bro kind of guy. And I was like, I should go talk to her. And they're just like, don't do it, dude. You're not dressed for it. And I'm just like, what's going on? <laughs> and so this woman, at some point, because it's like this arty thing, bullshit, whatever's going on, she gets up and like for her performance, sings some like Kate Bush song from uh, the Hounds of Love album. And I know what it is. I'm all excited. I'm like, this is a sign. This is a thing. I got to go talk to her because this is nobody would understand this and all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, no, I, I just really felt very low. And I remember like nobody, nobody gave a shit who kate bush was it's just it was just me i can just picture you in this courtesy in his jersey like mouthing the words to the song with a tear yeah with a little bit of a tear yeah and a glass of shiraz oh my god a red cup maybe there's like a <laughs> godlike moonbeam right <laughs> shining on my off of my glasses yeah yeah wait your ex-wife was singing that song or no she was not was? singing somebody else was singing okay. the song i was you know again as human beings sometimes we tend to find patterns it would have been better uh, if, I, if i write the story of it my ex-wife will be singing it but we tend to find patterns even if we have to stretch and reach and it's just like i know that song it could have been like honestly karma chameleon i'm like i know that song i gotta go talk to her <laughs> you know it's who knows um courtesy as well bear didn't work out didn't work out for the bears no 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 no, no. <laughs> very very quickly did not work out for the bears we talk we have a lot of talks on whale cave about curtis Enos and kate bush and that their relation this is what happens honestly when you talk to me like <laughs> i'm not like i'm not even like a weird like pulling references kind of guy this is all autobiographical I, I don't remember anything i have the worst memory of anybody on the planet this is all like coming to me right now i'm terrible with stories i just kind of like oh yeah i remember that happened oh yeah i kind of remember that happened and it's just like it's just the specificity of like that exact moment anybody else my family's always just like oh remember when this happened i'm like no tell me this story like i wasn't there because i have no idea i'm the same way yeah, yeah. i was just in chicago and my parents were like remember when we went to michigan and you woke up and there was a bear outside the tent and i was like nope that sounds like something i should remember yeah but exactly I, no. There was a bear? Yeah, yeah. it was a huge bear. Oh. Mm. They could oh. totally I must have repressed every single memory. When's dinner? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened. But maybe that's I'm why I need but maybe that's why I need music. Because I would have uh, my memory is so shit that if it wasn't for music, then I would have like I would have nothing. I could sit there and go like, oh okay, yeah, I remember listening to the car to this song over and over and over again. And like anything going on emotionally and what time of year and like when it was, mm-hmm. no way of knowing if I couldn't look it up and align it in. Right. <laughs> What, so wait, so okay, so you moved. Eventually, you came out here, and you, you've worked on a bunch of shows. I've worked on a bunch of shows. Have you yeah. met any musicians in your in your travels, or any like heroes, or? I have. I'm trying to think of meeting them. I know you, just, been, you just said you have no memory, but I'm I, I ask know. You to remember Literally, it. like this will be something where I will walk out of the door and a song will come on. And I'm like, oh yeah, no. Because Liza Minnelli, for example, was on Arrested uh, Development. Was on Arrested Development. Here's the funny thing about this. 
I'm not kidding you. And you're like, you said, like, I know you just had said you had no memory. And I'm like, I'll walk out that door, go into my car, hear a song and say, oh, I met that person. Mm -hmm. And literally, as I was thinking about going to the car, I was like, what was I just listening to? I was just listening to Kanye West. Met Kanye West on the Cleveland show. Yes. Kanye West was on the Cleveland show several times. He was great. You know, and it was like. Was he. As himself, or did he play a He character? played a semi-autobot. I mean, like, he played himself, basically. But he was, right. like, a teenage version called Kenny West. And it was <laughs> awesome. It was right before, like, the dark, beautiful fantasy came out. And so he would come to the offices. And, you know, and, like, he's an amazing... Like, I adore Kanye West in every single way. Like, like musically, personally, I think he's an insane person in all the best ways. Again, like, like people like Prince, Kanye West, Kate Bush, these are like my, the pantheon of like weird that I like, even though they've got pop sensibilities. It's not like weird, weird, but that is the Holy Trinity. Yeah, exactly. That's how I think it is. Right. That's how most people go. Right. (laughs) I'm definitely going to spray paint that on the cover of my hood of my uh, Prius, (laughs) you know, exactly. So, you know, and so he comes in there and he's like, he's by himself. There's no entourage. It's just Kanye West. And he's like a guy who he, he was, I'm not making this up. He would go into people's offices and like, do you want me to rap for you? No way. Yeah. Really? And then he would rap like something off the thing. And it was so bizarre because it's a bunch of nerdy comedy writers. And he would go like, it was just kind of going around office like, hey, do you want me to rap for me? And he like rap this and yeah. get it in a tense and it's all that other kind of stuff. And you're just like, this is weird. <laughs> this is weird. It's, it's like, I, did he ever rap for you? Oh, he I'm rapped. Sure you for, were like, I'm sure you're like, yeah, 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 absolutely. But it was Sit also, down. I mean, like it also got to a little bit of a point where it's just like, you know, and like almost every office and like, hey, 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 you want me to rap for you? And you're like, hey, is Kanye coming to your office? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does he want to rap again? Yeah, I think he wants to rap again. <laughs> do you think All he did that? Right, was he trying go. to seem like he can just hang out? Or was Who knows? He, or That's he the just, best part about he it. He wanted to rap. He Who just, knows? He's got to rap. Any answer is fantastic. If he's just like, I, I you know, I really got to, <laughs> I got to do my craft right now. Like, right. I just imagine like Magic Johnson coming by and he's like, hey, do you want me to do them through my legs for me? <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be the greatest, you know? And like, I, it, it, just that, but there was also such an insecurity about it that it made it immediately kind That's of That's what like, I'm wondering, yeah. Oh, just endearing in a way. And then he would do his great, great thing. And he, he, I mean, again, that's what he's famous for. He's like world renowned for this thing. And he's asking you, it's just like, you know, Mario Battaglia is like, is it all right if I make you a, like a bruschetta? And you're like, yeah, fantastic. What are you going to do? <laughs> so it's all, I mean, it was, but again, with like such a, well, again, a weird word for him, such a humility in it. You yeah. Know? And he would keep going around and kind of doing that. And who knows what his motivations are? Maybe he just wanted attention. Maybe he just didn't know what to do with himself. And that's what he reflexively does, which would be awesome too. <laughs> Every answer is amazing. Every answer to that yes. question. So yeah, man, him trying to think i mean a lot of famous people came through the cleveland show but i will not remember the names of any of them because again i'm oh yeah we had an entire episode about like with hip-hop people and so like Nicki minaj was through there hip-hop people i sound like i'm a million years old it's like (laughs) it was insane there were some great hip-hop yeah there were some great hip-hop people and uh, then we had some doo-woppers and some (laughs) beboppers so it was great no i mean like that was like even the family guy universe there's people coming to do voices all the time so that's cool that's what i was wondering Chris Isaac was in once to do a voice on an episode I wrote. That was cool because I really like Chris Isaac. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I only know one Chris Isaac song, and that's the famous song. Uh, Somebody's Crying? Oh, I guess I know two. <laughs> Wicked Game. Oh, Wicked Game. Yeah, that's yeah Wicked Game. That's a great song. He actually had some great, great albums, especially in the 80s. The album Silvertone is really good. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now, so Joe Simon. Joe Simon doing the moonwalk. Silvertone. Um, um, what's the song? That's I'm what I like about? about doing this, too. Like, I feel like I get to. Yeah. He's I'm fantastic. I'm learning here, Courtney. Um, what else is good on there? You want me to rap for you? Oh, my God. That'd be the greatest <laughs> thing ever. That would be the greatest thing I ever. I want to do right that now. now. Oh, my God. Before I'm going to start doing Before you go, too. can I rap for you real quick? <laughs> oh, my God. This would be the best. I mean, <laughs> you keep saying that, and I keep expecting it to happen. It's like peekaboo with, with a baby. My rap career is over. <laughs> yeah. It's like peekaboo with a baby. I'm going to, every time you say it, I'm going to be like, it's going to happen. He's really going to disappear this time. <laughs> no. 
Oh man, I do love that. That image is great. Because yeah. I'm also imagining him in like a white leather tuxedo or like some like crazy. Here's the thing: if I had a memory, I'd be able cool to say what's going get on. Up. There's somebody. I'm sure there's plenty of people I worked with who could tell the story like and they remember exactly suit. what's going on. Oh, exactly. And just like <laughs> know what's going on. And like I'm just like. Uh yeah no he did uh I think the words rhymed that's that's the, my recollection <laughs> so um hey man thank you so much for coming by thank you for having me over this is fantastic uh, uh okay Joe Simon yeah Chris Isaac I may I'll check out Kate Bush too holy cow check Kate Bush out I would say start with Hounds of Love most accessible thing it's fantastic she had a hit when she was like eighteen years old it was the first number one hit by a a British woman i think written and recorded by her uh withering heights she wrote a lot about stuff that was like that was uh like like based in history it's songs about houdini and songs about like you know fictional characters i could go on <laughs> wait so oh yeah i did want to ask you before mm-hmm. we go so you're going to london just to see kate bush i'm going to london just to see kate bush man yeah i am going to That's dedication that is yeah Here's, she has not oh the thing is like this is again part of the reason why it's special is because she has not toured since the late seventies. She's not played live really in 35 years, really. Oh, so wow. she set these concert dates up and like the UK went mad. They were all like whole things in the guardian about like what to do if you don't get your Kate Bush tickets. And it was like a whole, I mean like they sold out in minutes. It was crazy. Cause like she's like just so much bigger over there and it's like an institution and a whole thing. And she's just been like this kind of recruit recluse, like saving up, you know, just living her life and so on and so forth. So, it's a huge deal that these shows. That's why I'm like going to travel six thousand miles to go. Wow! See you know show. she's playing the bowl next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh man, I could have stub up that. It's gonna be like five people who are just like, dude, I gotta, I gotta yeah. box the ball. I can't do anything with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do with this? Um, I will have a great trip. Thank you. I want to hear about it and. Uh, Seriously, you want me to rap for you real fast? Oh, my God. It's the best thing ever. Please, just like call me up and leave me a voice message that says that. I want to drop a voice message. All right. Courtney yeah. Lilly, thank you so much. Bye. Courtney Lilly dropping by. Kate Bush, who knew? Yeah. That's uh, un- unlikely. Who knew? I didn't know much about Kate Bush until, uh, no. until Courtney came in. <laughs> no, I loved his passion for Kate Bush. Yeah. Courtney is fascinating. Um, oh, really cool that he stopped by. Big thanks to Courtney Lilly, CeCe Pleasance, of course, the Wu-Tang Clan and Barney. <laughs> Big thanks to them. Also, uh, the two of the songs that I didn't mention that we played, um, a song called White Falcon Fuzz by the Mother Hips off of their Pacific Dust album. And Murray by Pete Yorn, which I've been listening to a lot lately. Remember when Pete Yorn... Did you ever listen to Pete Yorn? I didn't, but I remember him. Pete Yorn was like... There was a period when it was like... Like when I moved here, it was like early 2000s. Like, oh man, Pete Yorn's going to take over. And he had this killer album. And and I think he put on another... I mean, I'm sure he's still making music, but like he was like the thing. Yeah, yeah. Music for the morning after, I think, was the album. Anyway, it was... Anyway, I love that song. But... um. Uh, yeah, if you wanna, if you have, if you have any thoughts about anything we've done, tweet at Whale Cave, write an email Matt at whalecave.com, or uh, listen, write a write a review on iTunes. 
We're going to end this. Oh, I'm sorry, Matt. You're going to say, I was, you know, you can always play your own version of Wu Tang or Kids Song on, oh, yeah. on Twitter. You know, just throw, Ooh, yeah. just throw them out there. Just just throw some. I know people could use the internet to cheat, but that, you know, why would they do that? That's why would that's no fun? fun. Yeah, just just throw one out there. Hashtag Wu Tang or Kids Song. That's a great idea. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and at Whale Cave, and we'll see if Matt it put basically put Matt Price to the test. See if he can do it. Oh yeah, I can do it. Yeah, if you have anything, just. Uh, just say, I guess, what would you say? Who, what the kids' band is? Or no, would it even matter? Um, you saying make it a general? I guess they could specify it. Or, or, would you be like, hashtag Wu-Tang song? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think I would, I think, yeah, I like the way you do it, where you say that's like a specific uh, kids. But not, it doesn't have to be. On Twitter, I think you actually don't need to do that. I think yeah, you could I think just, you're right. just say like, you know, you could just throw it out there like, um, you know, ride it in my Jeep. <laughs> yeah rolling in my jeep hashtag wu-tanger kids song at whale cave at matt belknap that's where i am if you want to tweet, yeah, yeah, yeah. tweet at me and i'd like to be involved in this because <laughs> yeah. i feel like i have uh you know got to defend my title a lot of enterprises yeah it, coming out of whale cave um all right well uh since we talked about kate bush um i uh i there's only one i, I only knew one kate bush song there are two i heard but one was and the uh, the end of she's having a baby with Kevin Bacon, <laughs> yeah, that, that really beautiful song. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's an incredibly beautiful song. So in honor of Courtney, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go out with that one. It's probably the least appropriate song to end. You know, the most <laughs> beautiful, sort of sad song. No. But we're gonna in honor of Courtney. Yeah, we're gonna go out and. Uh, Sometimes when things end, it's sad and beautiful, just like this song. And just like she's having a baby. And just like the end of she's having a baby, which she had. Spoiler she alert. She did have that baby. Kevin Bacon did not cheat on her with that woman. Isn't there... The weirdest thing about that is, isn't the same character in another John Hughes movie? Like at the big... The Kevin Bacon character? Yeah. Like I think that his character from She's Having a Baby is also in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, or really? Yeah. I know Kevin Bacon has a cameo in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I don't know if that's mm. supposed to be the same guy, but then I feel like there's... Damn it. I, why did I bring this up when I don't know the answer? I guess because I thought maybe you might know, but I didn't you're know. a Chicago guy. Come on. <laughs> yeah, um, we all know all the John well, Hughes films. That'll be a cliffhanger. Maybe you know. next time we do one of these episodes, I'll have the answer for okay. that. Yeah, that. This can also be for my Kevin Bacon, She's Having a Baby podcast. <laughs> that's all good. I talk about. She's Having a Podcast. <laughs> She's Having a Podcast. Why isn't that a podcast? So many great ideas. All right, folks. We're going to end this uh, this particular whale cave with a little song called This Woman's Work. Thanks so much for listening to this man's work. Talk to you later. <laughs>